is a Furnish Brothers production. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Talking Buds podcast. It is the Talking Buds podcast. It's the Talking Buds podcast, folks. Talking Buds podcast. Season two, Talking Buds podcast. Let's go. All he's got to do is get in the weight room and, oh, baby, he'll be a good pro in no time. Good pro. Stinks. Absolutely stinks. Stanley Cup? How about let's just run around? What a dummy. You just know that Babs was looking to see if there was any gas left in the tank of that good pro. This, 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 this is the Talking Buds Podcast. And now, here's your host, Rob and Ryan. Testing. One, two, three, testing. Ryan, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got the mic situation figured out this week, buddy. Yeah, we do not want another debacle like we had last week because that's what exactly what it was. It was a debacle. Nah, I heard some people. Some people reached out to me and said it really wasn't that big of a deal. So, yeah, you know what, though, Ryan? You spend a lot of money on a nice microphone and then it doesn't work properly. It's not it. It pisses you off. I'm going to yeah, be honest. Yeah. Yeah. We got it all straightened out, though. Ready to go. Yeah, we did. We're ready to go. Ryan, tonight, a real game. We just finished watching a real Leaf game, and it was a 5-2-3 yes. win over the Ottawa Senators. I have so many takes, so many observations, but let's get in to the announcement right before the game started. Ryan, I know that you were dying to know. Oh. You were so in to what the announcement was going to be. They set up, they did the player introductions, they introduced the Maple Leafs roster. I'm going to be honest, that part was a little flat. Crowd was a little dead, not like like the Leafs really need to work on their opening ceremony game because the team that they share a building with has the opening ceremony game down to an absolute science has the crowd energy yeah. to an, down to an absolute sci- science yeah so i they could probably take some cues from their nba uh cohorts who share the building but nevertheless it picked up and got much more exciting because they introduced assistant captain mitchell marner they introduced assistant captain austin matthews they introduced assistant captain Morgan Riley or alternate captain, assistant captain, alternate captain, whatever you want to say. Yeah, we're not. I don't care. And then the 25th captain in Maple Leafs history, John Tavares. Ryan, I, I like I said, for the I, I thought the beginning part was kind of lame, but I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. I had the goosebumps going up the arms yeah. when Tavares came out with the C on his jersey. Yep. And fantastic. And listen, there. say what you want about how you wanted Riley or 
Matthews was in the discussion, but it's hard to find a more deserving guy than John Tavares. Yep, no complaints for me, buddy. No complaints whatsoever. If you have a checklist of what you want in a captain, I'm pretty sure Johnny T can pretty much tick all those boxes off. So whether you wanted Riley or Matthews, you can't sit there and be like, oh, I can't believe they gave it to John because Johnny yeah, I want, is I want a consummate on, professional. I want to go on a bit of a rant about that, Ryan. You know, I I try on this podcast to be pretty straight and narrow. I try to see all sides of every situation and try to like validate people's opinions. I've seen a lot of people in the last like week or so since it's been leaked that Tavares was going to get it with like... If you're going to sit here and criticize John Tavares about his personality or whatever, get out of here with that take. You know what you are with that take? You're a spoiled brat. If you had told me four years ago that John Tavares would be the next captain of the Maple Leafs after Dion Phaneuf, I would have I, I jumped for joy. I would have been so stoked. So if you're someone who's on Twitter making fun of the guy and complaining about how they chose him... Get out of here with that take. I have absolutely no time for it. It's brutal, brutal take. Yeah, the, like, come on. Come on. Like, the guy, yeah, he's a little boring, but it, to me, that's exactly what they wanted and why they were so stoked to probably give it to him. It's like, this is a guy who you know is just, there's never going to be any drama with this guy. He's going to no. show up every day, and you know exactly what you're going to get from him. So, to me, that's a perfect reason. He's been a captain before. He's probably one of the most respected guys in the league. He's one of your best players. He's a good dude, good leader, works hard. Who cares? Like, just, I'm so happy it's over with. Let's just move on. I'm happy he's the captain. The, the A thing with Riley and, I mean, with the Matthews and Marners, kind of like a little rep hockey to me, but... It's that's a little that's a little ego stroking, Ryan. That's a little It's a little rep hockey alternating the A's. It's like what what is this? What yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, like we don't uh What is this? That is that is rep hockey stuff, bud. Like I don't e- get that. It's ego whatever. stroking, Ryan. Whatever. All right, enough of that. Let's get into the game. We had a real hockey game that counted tonight. The Ottawa Senators were at Scotiabank Arena. Um Ryan the game starts and 25 seconds in, Brady Kachuk scores, and it's one nothing Senators. Yeah, I know, I know. And you're you're Woo! reminded, you're reminded right away. Like my first thought was, you know what? Like, say what you want about the Sens, they get up to play the Leafs. Oh, of course. Why? Why wouldn't they? So it. They looked pretty slow and sluggish to start the game. It, lots of turnovers in the defensive zone, struggling uh, to get the puck out. They they go 0 for 3 on the power play before the 10-minute mark of the first period. Yeah, which is which to me, like, if that's halfway through the season, I'm a little more frustrated. But it's the first game of the year. It's not like they had no chances on those, no, those no, power got, plays. Yeah, I've got a bunch of I got a bunch of notes here about they they did have plenty of chances. Craig Anderson made a few good saves on those. It wasn't like last year where it's like they get set up and nobody gets a shot off or the other team clears out of the zone. Like so, yes, they went over three, but I thought the power play looked decent given that it it was over three. Yeah, yeah. So interesting note here. 
Rasmus Sandin's first NHL shift does not come until 8.47 left in the first period due to all the special teams. Which so, is fine. Yeah. So the kids, the poor kid sits on the bench. Just like, you know, the nerves are just pulsing. The adrenaline's just pulsing through the guy. He's got to wait. He's got to wait. He's got to wait. And then he finally gets out there. And he made a couple good plays tonight where I noticed him. But you've said this all along that when a young defenseman plays and you don't notice him, that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's even just defensemen in general. Like, unless you're like a Morgan Riley type and you're going to be on the ice 30 minutes a night. But if you're a bottom pair guy or even on the second pair and you're not an offensive dynamo if you if you're not noticed man that's you notice Jake Gardner a lot and if I don't notice Sandine that that's a good thing so first period ends sends up one nothing shots are 14 12 Leafs you can hear a pin drop in Scotiabank Arena, right? And I'm sitting there going like, oh my God, like here we go again. Like not a very good defensive period. The Sens out playing them like, uh, like let's regroup here. And yeah, yeah I, I I wasn't, I wasn't panicking, but no, I was kind of sitting there going. You can't force yourself to get upset first period of the of the first game of this season. Like Ryan, I'm a Leaf I, fan. I can force myself to do anything. Oh, uh, no. I just, I couldn't fall into that trap this time. It's like, I'm not going to start calling guys names and start talking about how brutal some guys are playing. It's the first period. They got to get their their stuff together. Like, it's it was not a big deal to me. It was It was, let's move on to the next two and see what happens. Uh, during the first intermission, the Leafs put out like a little five minute um, behind the scenes thing of them revealing to Tavares that he was going to be the captain. Uh, I highly recommend if you haven't watched it to go and watch it. It's fantastic. Um, Johnny's wife's there and his new son who was born a few weeks ago and they make the the baby a little jersey that has the C on it and it's, it's, it's goddamn adorable. I... Highly recommend if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Get you right in the feels. So, second period starts. Willie Nylander has a breakaway, a clean zone entry in on. Uh, in on for, oh, Ryan, the, the clean zone entries with Willie Nylander tonight. I saw that Ooh. everywhere on Twitter. Oh, yeah. He has a breakaway to start the second, stoned by uh, Craig Anderson, who uh, to, to that point was having a really good game. And then, Ryan, minutes later, I, I don't know what part of this sequence I liked more. So the puck is in front of the Senators' net. Nikita Zaitsev is terrified that he's going to knock it into his own net. So he's soft, 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 standing there looking at it. And who goes hard to the net and bangs in the first goal of the season, Ryan? Freddie the goat. Yes, sir. And yep. man, but before you get into the goat, just seeing Zaitsev in another uniform. Ooh, Ugh, that was arguably glorious. the best part of the game. I know oh, it's glorious. It's glorious. See you later, dude. I oh. contemplated. I'm not gonna lie. The thought of making him my bum of the bum of the week crossed through my mind just cut for old time's sake. Oh man, I was so happy to see him in another uniform. It was actually one of my favorite parts of the entire night. What? was Babcock doing on the bench when Freddie the Goat put that goal in? Oh, buddy. what He was looking up at Spezza in the box going, told you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll told get into you, that bud. later. We'll get into that later. 
So two minutes later, same type uh, sequence. Trevor Moore goes hard to the net, bangs in uh, another goal to make it 2-1 Leafs. Um, back-to-back grinder goals from the third and fourth lines. Rasmus Sandin gets an assist on the goal. Um, and, and that, to me, is one of my biggest positives of the game tonight, Ryan. It, the top two lines had chances early but couldn't score. So what what happens? The third and fourth lines go out and get the first two goals to sort of lift everybody up. Yep. I love that. I love I, it. I'm when calling the- it right now. Trevor Moore, he's going to be that bottom six Toronto Maple Leaf perennial darling this year. Just everyone's oh, going to be oh, on yeah. the Trevor Moore train. 12 seconds later, Scott Sabrin shows Austin Matthews exactly who he is and scores to make it 2-2. There's been a lot made of that in the last couple of days about how that, that was disrespectful of oh, Matthews. Oh, come on. It's like, it's, it's like, can we not shut, Dude, settle down? We just live in a day and age now where doing? you can't do anything. Oh. Or, or you're going to get carved. That's like the most, like... Easy, non-crossing-the-line hockey chirp of all time. Like, just a grinder trying to get in a star's face. Like, that's an easy one to go to. Settle down. Minutes later, Ron Hainsey comes flying over the blue line. Blasts one past Freddie Anderson. The nicest shot I've ever seen Ron Hainsey take. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Where, I know. Looked like Iserman. I know. <laughs> Three, two cents. Yeah, it looked like Joe Sackett coming across the blue line. Holy. But someone upstairs for the Leafs is doing their job and got in the IFB to Babs and said, you got to challenge that because Bobby Ryan was offside. Yep. And sure enough, he was offside. Goal is not counted, so we're still tied at 2-2. Yeah, great decision. And Ryan, apropos, 34 seconds later, William Nylander with the cleanest of zone entries. Beautiful feed, cross crease to Austin Matthews, who bangs in his first of the night. Austin Matthews has now scored in all four season openers. And Ryan, if he stays healthy, this guy is going to take this league by storm this year. He's yep. gonna he's gonna get fifty. That well, but my number one thing for Austin Matthews is is screw the fifty, screw the eighty points, the ninety points. Stay healthy all year. That mm-hmm. that's my number one goal for this guy. And that was a hell of a pass by William Nylander. Leafs go to their fourth power play at 520 of the second period. Mitch Marner with the most beautiful no-look pass I've ever seen. Yep, Mitchie Marner, special. Over to number 34. And what does he do, Ryan? How does he score the goal? With a one-timer. But it was kind of a weird one-timer. Like It wasn't really like an OV one-timer. It was like... He was kind of, his body was positioned in like the perfect place for him to get that shot up top shelf over Anderson. And it happened so quickly that Anderson couldn't react to it. Still got to work on that one timer though. It's still pretty brutal, but that was timed absolutely perfectly. His body was in the perfect position for that shot to, to, to go over Anderson's shoulder. So it, it was really nice to see though. It made me really happy and put a big smile on my face. Because I thought I was on that train way before anyone else was. So I'm so happy that they decided to finally listen and 
get them in a one-time position on the power play. Shortly after that, an Austin Matthews chant takes over Scotiabank Arena, who is Loved way that, more man. lively. Yeah, Loved that, man. Yeah. That That's the kind of stuff I want to hear. That is the kind of stuff I want to hear out of that building. That God got me fired up. Yep. Like, that's Matthews the kind of had, stuff I uh, want to hear. Matthews had a few more scoring chances. Like I said, he was on fire, man. Like, he, if he stays healthy, he's going to have an unbelievable season. So... The third period wasn't as eventful as the second. The Leafs get another power play to start the third again. A few more good chances. Um, they, they don't end up scoring on it. Then, So a few minutes later, the Leafs go on the PK. And Babcock is throwing out all kinds of combinations. Like Marner and Nick Shore. Nick Shore and Ilya Mikhaev. Trevor Moore and Kasperi Kapanen. Like he's, he's rolling different combos out there. Yep. And... Minutes later, Ilya Mikhaev, on a beautiful feed from Tyson Berry, scores to make it 5-2. to two. And two things. One, you can tell right away that Babcock was extremely involved in the recruiting of Ilya Mikhaev because he's, he's already showing trust in the player. They pointed that out during one of the intermissions tonight. And Ryan, I... Love me some Tyson Berry. Yeah, dude. It's it's he's he's high risk, high reward type of guy, but you could just see the difference in skill level with him compared to the elite offensive skill of Jake Gardner. And I'm yeah. dumping all over Jake Gardner this episode because it was just so refreshing to see some new guys back there, man. That was my favorite part of the whole game. Just looking back at that blue line and seeing some new guys and Tyson Berry. Man, what a doughty maneuver. Spinorama, found the open man. He's got hands. He's got speed. He's going to mess up the odd time. That's fine, though. I just, it's in, I enjoy watching him play hockey. And he's got a great number, too. I love the number. Yeah, oh, yeah. Any number. Sergei Barrison. Oh, yeah. Any 94, number in the 90s. You can't, yeah. you can't go wrong with a 90. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoy the number. And later on, Bobby Ryan scores with 2.15 left to make it 5-3, and that's how the game would end. The Leafs defeating the Senators to take the first game of the season, outshooting them 42-26. to So let's get into this, Ryan. I, I, want, I want your positive takeaway, and I want your, your – I don't want to use the word negative. I want your, like, something to watch, what – Something that needs to be worked on after this game. Yeah, I think my biggest positive is just, I don't know. Like, I, it's hard for me to pick out a strategy that they were using tonight that I was like, hey, I think this is going to work all season. My biggest positive was just me as a fan viewing the game. Just seeing, I love I loved the turnover, man. And they're not... All these contracts just kicked in, and soon it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a nightmare trying to get guys to fit under the salary cap, but this is the year we've talked about it before where they're, they're stacked up. They're allowed to have guys like Barry on the team this year and fit guys like that. And I'm just so refreshed seeing even Cody CC back there, man, like just a different number, a bigger body, a different looking body, a guy who makes different plays. It was just so even the bottom six, man, like the bottom six was totally different. Like I, 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 sometimes I was looking at their number, being like, I don't even know who that is yet. 
Yeah, but, I had I had that a couple of times tonight too with like Timoshov and uh, yeah, and like Kerfoot. Yeah, and yeah. I just man, like I I thought I thought all of them skated really well. They were a little sleepy in their own end sometimes, but it, I don't want to get too hyped up on them yet because they after all they did play the Ottawa Senators, and I know the NHL it's parody and any team could beat any team on any night, but I want to see what they do against the Bruins, the Lightning, so on and so forth, but. I just I just really enjoyed the fresh faces and I think it's gonna interject a energy into this hockey team this year that they've kind of needed and moving on from the Connor Browns, the Ron Hainsies, the Zaitsevs. So that was my biggest takeaway from the game tonight that I enjoyed the most for sure. Yeah, I would say for me it was the um the offensive firepower. Um, like I just said, they finished the night with over forty shots. Um that they have the talent and the ability to be one of the most dangerous offenses in the league. And there's no, like, like you said with the turnover, like there's no, like you're watching Connor Brown tonight, just float around the ice for the Ottawa senators. And it's like Trevor Moore just brings an element of like grit and toughness that Connor Brown just didn't have. And, he, and he's more and he's even more skilled than Connor Brown yeah, was. Yeah, like it's just yeah. nice to see some new guys who have some fresh energy and yeah. so seeing that seeing you're the excited offense, about. Seeing the offense get to their capability tonight where they're just like, dude, the second period, they were just dominating the yeah. senators. Yeah, that was nice to see. And it yeah. was nice to see them not get hemmed in too much. Like there were some shifts where it was a little like, eh. But there wasn't really a point tonight where I thought for an extended period of time that they were hemmed in their own zone. No, but that brings me to my thing that I think they need to work on going forward, and that is just the, the play in the defensive zone. There are a lot of turnovers in their own zone, Ryan. Like, I agree, like, they didn't, they weren't really getting hemmed in, but there's a few instances tonight where, where they're watching and they're being a little careless with the puck and they're turning it over because this is a super skilled team. And instead of sometimes just making the play and dumping it out of the zone, they're always going to look for the pass. They're always going to look to slow down and get control of the puck and look for to make a play, which is great. But sometimes, especially when you get in there against the Bruins and the Lightning and like some of these other skilled teams, the Capitals, like you're going to have to take better care of the puck. And I'm sure if I know Babs, like he's all over taking care of the puck. So I'm sure that'll get addressed with the team. But to me, that's my one thing that I think they need to just keep an eye on going forward. Yeah. Just kind of, it kind of leads into my thing is yeah, they're, they're an offensive juggernaut, but let's not get too score happy in some of these hockey games. Like when you have your chance to score, they're going to have plenty of chances to score, man. They're that good. They're that skilled, but let's not get a little too point happy. And when it's time to to play big boy hockey in your own end, leading to what you said, it's time like they got to step up. So even though they're skilled as hell, they just they got to make sure they don't get too stretch passy again because that that's when they start giving up forty a night against Freddie Anderson. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the show. If you like the show and want to support us, give us a follow on Instagram at Talking Buds Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate all your support. Thank you. 
now. Now, let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leaf Podcast for all the buds. This is the Talking Buds Podcast. Ryan, a main talking point leading into the game tonight was that Mike Babcock put Jason Spezza in the press box. This upset a lot of people, especially given the fact that tonight's game was against the Ottawa Senators. I got to be honest with you, bud. I have no idea what to make of this relationship between Babcock and Spezza. Like, we've talked about it before. Um you would have thought he was all in on bringing a veteran guy like Spezza. It does not appear to be the case. No. No. So, like, what what's going on? What do you think is going on? I, I just, knowing Babs and his tendencies, there's just something he saw in training camp or in the gym that just, he's just not stoked about it at all. Or maybe he just loves Freddie the Goat so much that he just... I think just, that's part of it. Yeah, like, maybe he just loves another guy way more and he, he thinks that... He can bring something that Spezza... Like, Spezza is, has been around the league a long time. He's going to play the way he plays. And maybe Babs isn't just stoked about that. I'm I'm right in the middle of this decision. When I first heard it, I was a little like, what? What are you, what are you doing, man? Like, give the, give the veteran the nod tonight and let him play his way out of the lineup. But as I'm watching the game tonight, it's like, I'm not going to sit here and get upset about Jason Spezza not being in the lineup, making 700K a year. Yeah. Like, I got over it real quick, man. Like, it's it's really nothing that I'm going to... Like, tomorrow, that's all you're going to hear, even though they played so well. But it's going to be a huge conversation. Classic Toronto. It's like, let's talk about the backup goalie, and let's talk about the fourth line when there's nothing else to talk about. Well, and it Nick- was a puzzling decision. And the reason why I find it puzzling is because what you said before and what we said a couple weeks back, like, you think Babcock would have been all in bringing a veteran guy in who could win face-offs and potentially play under penalty kill and power play. But there is something that Mike has seen out of Spezza that he does not like. And it was apparent and he apparently he's going to draw in on Friday, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to make this like, like some sign of disrespect. It's like Jason Spezza. Like it's the guy's an old, like, I don't care if he played for the senators forever ago. Like yeah, don't yeah, give me this former yeah, team yeah. stuff. I like, know. Ugh. I know. I know. That's the thing today where I was kind of like, okay, like relax. Like when I was like, it's against the Suns. It's emotional for Spezza. It's against the Suns. And yeah. it's like, he, it, it's been years since he's played for the Ottawa senators. And, I'm like you. When I saw that today, I was kind of like, oh, here he goes again, just banishing a guy to the press box, not giving a guy a chance, just whatever. But as 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 the day went on and I was reading more and more, and from what I saw tonight, Nick Shore is somebody that he really likes on the penalty kill. And if that's the case, then Nick Shore is going to draw into the lineup more and more. Well, I'm going to be flat out honest right now. I did not notice Nick Shore once tonight. I only noticed him when he was out there on the peak. I don't remember looking at the ice tonight and being like, there's Nick Shore out there. Like, well, I, I honestly did not. one of those guys not. where you're watching the game tonight, and I'm like, who the hell is that? Like, I think Jason Spezza could could do a lot of good for this hockey team if he's put in the right position and he's willing to to play that role that Babcock's talking about. Like, the guy can still put the puck in the net and make a pass and win face-offs. And, and like, I, I, I get why people were a little like, eh, because people are kind of tired of Freddie the Goat. Like I know he comes out, he works hard, he's a big body, but if big you watch, goal tonight, Ryan. 
I know, but if you've watched Freddy before, it's like he, he's a very like passable. Like he, I can pass on Freddy the Goat anytime. Like there's there's a million Freddy the Goats out there. So why not have a guy who has a reputation in this league, who's been very successful in this league, draw in the first night and give him a shot because he can play so many different roles and on special teams and and on the fourth line he could even move up if he had to. So I get why people are kind of like, man, whatever. But I just I just hate how sometimes the city just I know it's content. Like we do a podcast, you're always looking for content to talk about. But I just like I'm not gonna sit here and just like try to like I'm not gonna lead off the show talking about Jason Spezza getting banished to the press box. It's like, hey, whatever. Like that's the decision. Someone's gonna play their way out of the lineup. And and if Mike wanted to put him in the press box tonight, then so be it. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of with you on that too. I I, I, as the day went on, you're kind of like this, this, we're talking about the fourth line here. Yeah. Like, like let's, let's, everybody let's, relax. Let's, yeah. That's what we do here, man. We talk about the backup goalie in the fourth line. Welcome well, Ryan, to Toronto. That is an excellent segue. That is an excellent segue because coming up this Friday and Saturday, the Maple Leafs have their first back to back of the season. They are at Columbus on Friday night and then home against the Habs on Saturday. Ryan, if you are deploying the goalies, how are you doing it? I just, I don't know. Like, I know they're playing the Habs on Saturday night, but Mike's not really a guy who kind of buys into, I need to have my best goalie on hockey night in Canada. Like, I, I don't really see him sitting in his office thinking that. If, if he's going to play Freddy two nights in a row, he wants him to get on a roll and maybe get some... Some shots in, get a good. I don't feeling. think that's happening. I don't think that's I happening. Like I, there's, that's there's my next way, point. Though. Yeah, there's been way too much talk in the organization this year about putting a, a pitch count on Freddie. Yeah, well, that's yeah. my next point. It's it's if you're really committed to like pitch counts, a great it's a great way to describe it. But if you're really committed to a certain amount of certain amount of games that Freddie has to play, then then play Michael Hutchinson one of the games Friday or Saturday. I don't care. Well, can I tell you what he I do? He has to play. Like it doesn't matter if it's game 2 or 3 or 58. Like let's if this is your plan, you got to execute it and you not you can't just throw your backup out the window if he gives up four, you know? Like Mike's got to learn how to do that too. Can I tell you what I would do? To your point that you just made about Hutchinson, he's got to get in there, he's got to play. So, what I would do is I didn't think Freddie had his best game tonight. I thought, no, he, I thought looked, he looked. I actually thought he looked pretty soft. At uh, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looked. He looked kind of shaky tonight, and so sitting him on Friday is not going to help him. So I, I come back with Anderson on Friday night. Columbus is theoretically the tougher game, so I come right back with Freddie on Friday, and then Saturday night, hockey night in Canada at home versus the Montreal Canadiens. Here you go, Hutch. You're in yeah, the game. Is, if you're yeah. not pumped up to play this game, then that's an issue. But like you dude, like your backup goalie's not gonna steal you every game. Chris Johnson made the best point today on the fan. He was like, You can't always expect your backup to steal a game for you. You might have to steal one. But if the Maple Leafs are as good of a hockey team and as big of an offensive juggernaut as we think they are, if if Hutch gives up three they, they can get four. Like, they're yeah. going to have to bail him out sometimes, too. And he's not going to be perfect, but we can't just constantly be, like, looking for the perfect backup goalie. Like, 
Curtis McElhaney, I know he's everyone loves him and Babs loves him. But like that guy scared the hell out of me every time he played too. Yeah. But like you got to show some trust in your guy and if you really want Anderson out a certain amount of games at the end of the year, you got to play this guy. And and even if he struggles a game, you got to throw him in again and throw him in again. Like like but this I is think what they this have year to more do. than ever. I think they're going to do that this year more than ever, Ryan, because they really buy in Babs and Dubas. One thing they do really agree on is like the sports science department and there's been a lot of talk this offseason about putting a pitch count on Freddie and a game count on Freddie. So like I said, I, uh, Hutch is going to play. And so I think what better first game of the season to get you into it and get you acclimated than Saturday night at home against the Montreal Canadiens hockey night in Canada and come back. Like I said, Freddie was a little rough tonight. Let's let him have a bounce back game. Come back on Friday against the Columbus Blue Jackets and sort of get, get on a roll. That's, that's what I would do. And I think Mike will always stick to the traditional the, the starter plays the first night and the backup plays the second night. Mike's not going to give in to the hockey night in Canada hype. No. Habs leaves. He's just but not But you know gonna... what? I would give in to it for, for Hutchison. Like, I would use that. I'd be like, Hutch, here you go, buddy. Here's a huge stage. And guess what? If you go there and have a big game, everyone will be stoked. So, here you go. Yeah, so I like feel it, I feel way better about Michael Hutchison than I do about Garrett Sparks. I agree, but it's like your backup goalie is always gonna scare you every time he's in there. There's only a few guys in the league who've like who are really good, and even then, like like you look at the guy who backed up Tampa Bay last year. He had 20 wins, but he still had like a 900 save percentage, which is below league average. Like let's. Yep. It's all about you got to back up your backup too. Like the guy's got to get fired up when the backup's playing too. Like that's that might be the best night you have to play is when your backup is playing. Yep. So they just got to throw him in. Like just I, I hate when the media gets all fussed about Leafs and Habs on Saturday. You got to start Anderson. It's like no coaches don't think like that, man. They just they don't. Ryan, for the first time in months. We're bringing it back. We're back playing real games. The team is back for real. Who's a bum and who's a beauty? Yes, sir. Hit the music. It's time to find out who's a bum and who's a beauty. Take it away, buds. First edition of the season, Bum and Beauty. Ryan, I am going to go first. My beauty of the night, and this is a bit of a... Like, obviously, for, for those of our new listeners, it's like, when Ryan and I do Bum and Beauty, the there are obvious choices. Awesome Matthews tonight is an obvious choice, but I don't want to use the obvious choice. I want to go with Tyson Berry. I am a big Big Tyson Berry fan. I love the way this guy skates. He's such an upgrade from Jake Gardner. He's going to challenge Riley at some point this season to get on that first power play unit just because his puck moving and skating is so, so elite. I love the guy. He's a huge upgrade, like I said. And it's a really, really nice return from for uh, Nazem Kadri. Excuse me. Your beauty of the night. Yeah, my beauty of the night is everybody's favorite bottom six player, Trevor Moore. Oh, yeah. And you you kind of turned my mind. I was I had a couple guys in mind, but as soon as you 
like compared him to Connor Brown earlier in the episode and how many times Connor Brown was the bum of the week last year for all you new listeners because he was right up there. So, oh yeah, him and Zaitsev were in contention. That's a perfect comparison because they play in the exact same place in the lineup and just the difference that a one guy could make in the bottom six and what he brings shift to shift is just totally refreshing. I, I joke that everyone's going to love him, but I'm on the bandwagon too. I love the guy. I love watching him play. Small little guy, but he's out there just working every shift, and it's a joy to watch. I love the guy, and he wears 42 like a champ. Yeah. Okay, my um, my bum of the night is a, a bit of a two-pack. It's like a one and three-quarter pack. So the one is the other guy who challenged for undisputed bum of the year last year, Marty Marinson. Absolute liability every time he's out there. Really? That's all I, I have to say. I think he was that bad tonight, oh, man. Oh, God, Ryan. There were a few plays in the first uh, and second period where it's just like, really, Mike? This guy I, again? I, I don't mind. I actually didn't think he was that bad. I, I got to I gotta stand up for Marty a bit. I thought he looked okay. And the other kind of like, not full bum, but like half is Alexander Kerfoot. Just because he looks like he's having a difficult time sort of acclimating. He ain't no Nazem Kadri. That's for sure. Like, he does not bring the type of, like, intensity that Kadri brought. No. But but like I just said earlier about, like, if the return for Kadri is Tyson Berry. I'm really stoked on that. But I, I think Kerfoot, I think he's a good player. I think he's got some skill. I like some of the stuff that I've seen from him. But I think he it's going to take him a few games to really get, like, comfortable in Babcock's system and I wasn't that super impressed with him in the preseason and then again tonight he just he just kind of looks like he looks uncomfortable that's the best way I can put it he doesn't look like he's like he looks like he's out there thinking too much about like in this system I'm supposed to stand here I'm supposed to be here doing this this is where Mike wants me that that's at least what I'm observing so it's a two-pack for me tonight I'm gonna cop out a little bit and not pick a Toronto Maple Leaf because I just it's a little too early for me, and I, I don't feel comfortable picking a bum yet. I'm sure one guy will start standing out above the others as the season goes on. I'm going to go with the NHL officiating and the officiating tonight. Even though a lot of it went in the Leafs' favor, some of those calls, man. Like, what is this, the National Football League? Like, horrible calls. Awful. Yeah. Awful. I think Kerfoot got one in front of the net for slashing. Yeah, like or for cross checking a guy, and then there was another one, a slash on Borvietsky. I forget which one that was, and then Connor Brown got a goaltender interference against Anderson. Like, what what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Come on, the, it's it's not the National Football League. Like, put the whistles away for a bit. It's the first yeah. game of the year. Yeah, I agree. Like, chill. And with that, there's your first. Bum and Beauty will be doing that every week until the season is over. Ryan, before we go, I already talked about how they play the Blue Jackets on Friday and then the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday, and then the Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues come to Scotiabank Arena on Monday night. So that's three tough games, Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, that's three tough games. I mean, the Jackets aren't as good as they were because minus the goaltender and minus Panarin, but... They're still a tough team who can play hard. And you the know, Habs aren't going to not show up. They're going to show up. 
You know who they're playing after that? Thursday night, a week Thursday, the Tampa Bay Lightning are at Scotiabank Arena. Good, good. Yeah. I like it. I bring yeah. them early. Same. Why Same. not? Bring them early. Bring agree. the best you got early because tonight is not the greatest measuring stick hockey game. Like, let's get no. a couple early measuring stick games. You got the cup champs and you got the president's trophy winners yep. who own your division. Yep. So let's go. Let's For see sure. it. All right, I think that'll do it for this week, Rye. Um, We'll be back next week at some point, as per usual. Don't necessarily have a date locked down, but we'd like to get them done. Wednesday's the latest of the week that we like to do the shows. Just give people a couple of days to listen to it before the Saturday night game. Yeah. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode, everybody. We will see you next time. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.